world's not as simple as it used to be. It's not enough to be a good guy anymore. We have to be the best. The time has come. All will be accounted for. Or we will hunt them. Stand up. It's time to be the heroes we were always meant to be. Uh, actually, Marvel artist, Marvel artist, um, Jake Wyatt said, my wife is in the other room finishing bedtime and has no idea that Chris Rock has been welcomed to Earth. <laughs> and all the other jokes were dumb, but that one made me laugh. Okay, that one actually is pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's really good. That was pretty good. So. Speaking of getting slapped, let's start before I hit someone. <laughs> you know what you should hit is the record button. Mm. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> I want to hit Joseph Gordon-Levitt, but he would beat the crap out of me. That man is in good shape. This is the Superhuman Registration Podcast, <laughs> where we apparently talk about celebrities that we think we could take in a fight. Okay, no, I don't think I could take him in a fight. I, I made that pretty clear. Let's do this real quick. What cereal mascots could you take in a fight? Oh, jeez. Cereal mascots. Cereal mascots. Oh, what's his name? Grungy? Grungy? Okay, what cereal are you eating? What cereal? Oh, wait. Oh, no. No, I'm thinking of, like, sports my mascots. My name's Grungy. Oh. <laughs> no, this I'm, is my muesli. You're thinking of Gritty. Yes, I'm thinking of Gritty. That's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, Gritty fights dirty, I'm sure. He would, he'd be wild and crazy. Uh, okay, on a, pure, on a pure technicality, the Wendy's girl. Because there is a Wendy's not... Frosty cereal. Oh, there is a Frosty There's cereal. There's a Wendy's Frosty cereal? Yeah. There is a Frosty I'll cereal. I'll fight going to hell. <laughs> Steven? The Honey Nut Cheerios B has got to be the one for me. That's the only uh, one I think I can take. Really? Not even Count Chocula? Dude's got fangs. He's a vampire. Yeah, are you going to let him... Yeah, okay. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Barely. <laughs> He can turn into a Hershey's uh, bat. A Hershey's bat? Yeah, chocolate. <laughs> Hershey's. I don't know, man. They got bats in Pennsylvania. What? All right, is there a punchline to this joke, John? Yeah, the Quaker Oats guy. Hey, let's go. <laughs> I pity anybody says uh, says they can take on Tony the Tiger. Yeah. That man, that, that, no, it's not even a man. That tiger is well-versed in many sports, which I would yeah. assume also includes martial arts. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Cookie Crisp, you know, one of them's a cop. Can't mess oh. with that. Oh yeah, and snap, snap, crackle, and pop. You know, you get, you get uh, uneven. That's teams. a three for one combo. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know what I just realized? What's up? Uh, a C A B. All cookies are breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, this episode I think is gonna make a bunch of us mad. <laughs> I'm already mad. This yeah, is how I, I react. That's how mad I was. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. <laughs> All right. Let's let's get into it. We're here to talk about Ultimatum. The, the no, first. No. Hold on. No, not no, Ultimatum. Thank you. No. Not yet. <laughs> Maybe not ever. I mean, the Ultimates. Uh, no. <laughs> the Ultimates. The original Ultimate Comics Ultimates featuring Ultimate Captain America, Ultimate Iron Man, Ultimate Thor, and Ultimate the rest of them. <laughs> Aldo, you want to summarize this for us? Oh, that's right. I said I was going to stab this. You um, did. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to summarize this using a lot of broad strokes because there is a lot happening in this book, and I feel like through our complaints, we will get to the important stuff. <laughs> so I'm, <laughs> I'm maybe not important stuff, but the more uh, salacious, hateful stuff. But kind of broad strokes about this, we start off with Captain America in World War II, and we kind of get a little bit of his origin, st- not a full origin story, but we do get like most of it. We get him fighting. Bucky is with him, but Bucky's like an adult, and he's a photographer. He's a war photographer. And we get like this operation that they're doing that eventually ends with him 
with Captain America on a ship, on a rocket that explodes and, you know, he lands and gets frozen. We fast forward to the present where Samuel L. Jackson slash Nick Fury has been recently promoted to become the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. That was kind of a detail I, I didn't remember at all, that this is kind of his first real kind of foray into that whole thing. And so he is setting up like a superhero team. He al- it starts out already having recruited Hank and Janet Pym and she- because they're married, I believe. So they refer to her as Janet Pym, even though it's technically Janet Bentine. Uh, starts out with those two be- having already been recruited. Bruce Banner has recently kind of been brought back into the project. Uh, he's also He was also in charge of kind of trying to replicate the superhero uh, formula that created the, cap- uh, the original Captain America. He's been demoted and... Hank Pym is now in charge of that uh, kind of project, or at least as they're supposed to be working together. And Tony Stark has also already been recruited to this. Uh, one of the big differences between this Nick Fury or this kind of Avengers team and other Avengers teams, specifically with the movie incarnation that this like inspires, is that the Avengers, or I guess the Ultimates, because they do call them the Ultimates in here, is that they are very much ran like a celebrity business uh, a lot we constantly hear a lot about you know public appearances merchandising rights interviews um just the, like a lot of that stuff about how much everything costs you know how much it costs to deploy out the team how much it costs to like do a photo shoot blah 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 right and it's kind of weird to see nick fury be the one that cares about all that stuff because he does part of the team also includes Betty Ross, Hulk's ex at this point, I guess kind of his ex, so they're on break. She's kind of the PR manager for the whole team. And so she's also very like big on on appearances, uh, interviews, photo shoots, you know, merchandising deals, all that stuff. And that's kind of her big thing. She kind of looks at everything really callously. Uh, we also hear mention of Thor that they've been trying to recruit. Everybody's kind of unclear if it's actually Thor or if he's just a crazy guy with a thunder hammer and it turns out hey it's actually thor even though for a lot of the book it's kind of uh? and i feel like thor's probably the only one who comes out of this looking any sort of respectable as a character yep <laughs> yep which was a bit of a surprise so a lot of st- stuff is happening but one of the big events that happens pretty early on is that betty ross is on a date with freddie prince jr i hate this sentence they're on oh. a date <laughs> yeah and Bruce Banner gets angry and jealous, so he decides to dose himself with kind of a prototype of the, yeah, the super soldier serum. Oh, because I forgot to mention that they had also just recently uncovered Captain America. So they have revived him and they have started taking blood samples. So they're hoping to make big headway with recreating that. And Bruce Banner has taken some of this prototype and injected it into himself. And he just wanted to get big, but he's he's trying to say that he's doing this so that they have some sort of enemy so they can look good. But he admits that he just wants to be mad. He just wants to be big again. So he hulks out and is hunting Freddie Prince Jr. as the Hulk. And they <sighs> they throw all of the ultimates at him that they, that they can. I think Thor is the only one who doesn't show up for this fight he does show up at the very end oh that's right that's right yeah he shows up at the very end big fight that happens uh he kills over 300 people in that attack they make a point of saying that they make a point of killing a lot of civilians in this book which is a little weird and unsettling yep yeah so once Mm -hmm. he has been subdued uh you know the ultimates are looking good on tv everything's like kind of looking great for them uh 
Hulk or Bruce Banner is kind of jailed within the Triskelion, but not in the public eye because nobody knows that Bruce Banner is the Hulk. They've been keeping that hush-hush. So they look good, and Bruce Banner is just kind of still in the project, but locked away in that little glass cage that we saw Loki in in the original Avengers movie in 2012. Uh, can you guys believe it's also been 10 years since that movie came out? Jeez. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Which also, it's funny because that came out 10 years after this book came out, which heavily inspires a lot of the visual language for it. Right. Anyways. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so several things happen. Uh, two of the major events that happen is that we kind of get a quick introduction to a lot of the newer cast members, which would be Hawkeye, uh, Black Widow, uh, Quicksilver, and Scarlet Witch. Uh, those, those four characters introduced Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch don't really do much in this whole book, except Pietro likes to, likes to say that he helped out a lot. And that he saved everybody. And if you just slow down the footage, then you'll see him. He promises. Which I thought was actually a great joke. Yeah, I wonder if they come back to that and show it later. (laughs) I hope so. Entirely too much of those two characters in future volumes, I'll tell you that. Yeah, and I'll tell you that uh, Pietro running isn't the the, the tape that we see get replayed in Ultimates 2. (laughs) Or 3, I can't remember. Anyways, that doesn't matter. That's not here now. Anyways, so that happens. Uh, Hawkeye and... Black Widow are doing a an operation with their. It, it initially to us looks like they're just kind of storming a building and killing a bunch of civilians, but it, it turns out that they're aliens, and this is a big preparation. Uh, that's what Nick Fury has been preparing for is this kind of alien invasion for the Chitari, which are kind of set up to be more like scrolls here. It's kind of all over the place what they actually kind of are. Like it's not really. Anyways, it, they kind of feel original to this book, uh, which is both like a good thing and a bad thing because they can just be whatever they need them to be. So that's what he's preparing for. That's what they went to like go break into or, or get some information from there. But the building blows up. And so we kind of get that introduction to all the characters. We also kind of get the mention that Hawkeye and Black Widow are about to go from Black Ops operatives to becoming public figures in this whole thing. And while this is going on, Hank Pym and uh, the Wasp, Janet, Janet and, and Hank, uh, are having an argument. And they are kind of lashing out at each other. It's a very abusive fucking kind of violent uh, argument that they're having that ends up ultimately with Hank hitting Black Widow. Black Widow, ret- no, sorry, not Black Widow. Uh, the ultimate cul- that ultimately culminates with Hank Pym hitting the Wasp, her using her powers to shrink down and kind of retaliate against them, and then him grabbing his Ant Man helmet, uh, to essentially, uh, essentially almost kill her using ants and having a whole bunch of ants bite her. I also did forget to mention that in this book, Hank Pym is not not the ant-man yet he's actually the giant man first and he's developing the tech to be ant-man and part of that fight or that argument that they're having is the reveal that in this universe janet van dyne is actually a mutant who is actually like half wasp type thing and they're keeping that hush hush because in the ultimate universe nobody likes mutants well not that anybody really likes them in the 616 universe either but that's a lot it's it's a lot more heavy-handed how much they're not liked in the ultimates universe so that's like a big thing so he ends up hospitalizing her he goes and disappears captain america finds out about this and decides he's gonna go beat the crap out of uh out of hank pym and he finds him drunk in a bar and they get into a fight where he tells him to get big uh he's like get big give me something real to punch and so so they get into fight and he like knocks a bunch of uh construction equipment on him and that that happens uh he does that for for him fighting uh you know that sure does happen that That sure does that's a lot of this a lot of this book is that happened that sure did happen that's i feel like that's a lot of the the ultimates comics there's a lot of that is like yep anyways uh (laughs) 
this is the broad strokes too. Like I'm trying to really keep it trim of like everything that's happening. Um, and so our next kind of plot point that we move on to is Nick Fury has uh some pretty solid evidence or I guess reports on like uh where the Chitari are going to uh, they're going to be next or what missile or whatever they got going on. So they go to this island, turns out a trap, they get blown up. We get the reveal that the Chitari have actually been on Earth for a long time and they were also the nazis or part of the nazis they they infiltrated the nazis and that was as close as they got to world domination was to the nazis and yeah. the chitari have decided that trying to like enslave or whatever commune with earth is is uh, kind of a long it's foregone it's there's no point to do it anymore they're just gonna blow up the rock and get off of it and go somewhere else so then we get the big fight um Turns out that not everybody died because Wasp was able to get like a little SOS or little message out to the team before they blew up. So they were able to defend themselves. I don't think they specify it too well. They just say that Tony Stark had some sort of force field. And that's kind of all the explanation that we get on that. So, okay. But they show up as as the Chitari are getting ready to like blow up and they're invading. Like their ships have shown up everywhere. They're getting ready to blow the Blow the joint, essentially. And we get the big Battle of New York moment, right? From the movie where everybody's fighting. Thor shows up. He's electrocuting everything. It's really cool moments. And, uh, yeah, they eventually end up, you know, killing... Uh, I forgot the name of the dude. Like, her... He was a Kaiser something or whatever. Yeah, so they're able to kind of stop that whole thing. Uh, they look really good to everybody. It's funny because we get some rip- some commentary about how a lot of people think it was faked. To make them look good or just to justify like some $10 billion loan that they got or some crap like that. So so everything kind of like turns out good. Uh, Hank, or not Hank, uh, Janet kind of ends up making up with Captain America. She lashed out at him for fighting Hank Pym earlier. And she's like, no, you know what? You were right. You should have punched him in the face. Thanks for standing up for me because nobody stands up for me. And they kiss. And Nick Fury is just like, yeah, my boy gonna get some, which is kind of like a weird. It's really, I don't like this character. It's almost word for word what he says. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and like, uh. This book is so juvenile. I hate it. I love it, but I hate it. You love it? I, I can't even say that. I love that. hating it. I love hating it. All right. Oh, it's so bad. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's like, I hate myself for loving you. Uh, right? Ugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, part of it. Yeah, so that's kind of how it ends. A lot of that's, uh, like, part of that big fight, they also use the Hulk. They're also able to bring the Hulk back in. Uh, even though he's been developing a, an antidote for himself, uh, they they toss him out of a plane, out of a ship or a plane or whatever, and Captain America tells him that that, uh, that the Nazi alien uh, was dating Betty, Betty Ross, and he freaks out, and that's how they kill him, essentially. Yep. Uh, anyway, so everything's cool. They hang out with they hang out with George Bush at the White House, and they have a grand old time. And Hank Hank tries to make up, but you know Janet Van Dyne ain't having none of that. She got the cap now. But yeah, anyways, that's kind of the book. I forgot to mention that this was written by Mark Millar, and I believe most of the art was by Brian Hitch. I will say that I think the art is fine. It's mm-hmm. definitely, like, this era of comics, I feel like, has a lot of, like, attempts at making superheroes look realistic to the point where they have specific celebrities that they are trying to invoke. Like, they did the same thing with uh, DC Comics, um, what's it called? Identity Crisis? 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And this book does the same thing. There's, in fact, like a two, three page uh, sequence where the characters like point out, hey, you're modeled after Nick Fury. Hey, you're modeled after Steve Buscemi. You know, so obnoxious. It's a touch insufferable. Mm -hmm. It's oh, yes. Like like you, Stephen, I really like the art. I think a lot of the fight choreography, I guess, or some of the set pieces are like really like readable. They're really well done, Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. And they do a good job of it, like, I don't know, because I think it was it was Banner that they said looks like Steve Buscemi, and I'm like, I don't really see that. Um, I think they said Tony Stark looks like Johnny Depp, but, like, you could, like, I get the impression that these characters were modeled after someone, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's pretty good. I... I I also love that they're when they're having that little conversation about who would play who in the movie, and they ask Nick Fury who to play him, and he's like, "Of course, it's it would be Samuel L. Jackson." And I, that's like that's the yeah. o- that's the only what? line out of that whole thing that was okay. I'm not even gonna say good; it was okay. No, it wasn't because that's literally who they modeled modeled him after. I, I don't know if it was but, supposed to be like, "Huh, huh," yeah, or if it was but, just like, uh, I, "But it's a joke." It's a joke that is only enhanced to be somewhat decent because Samuel Jackson actually did end up playing. Right. <sighs> Without that, this would not have been nearly as fun. No. Not that it really was to begin with. I think the funny thing about this book and comparing it to the Avengers movie is like beat for beat this is just like this is the avengers movie it's just the avengers movie makes it nice right like like although you pointed out the Mm -hmm. visuals are basically the same yeah i think you can you can also tell that brian hitch was really going for like a cinematic look to a lot of the a lot of the things that were happening in here yes Uh, yes it feels very cinematic it almost feels like it's a comic adaptation of a movie that didn't exist yet and i don't i don't know that that's good or bad i just i feel like that's just kind of Almost a fact. Yeah. I I think that the first... There were some panels, and particularly in the first issue, where it was just like, you know, a, a bunch of soldiers in the rain and, like, this big building and, like, seeing the Triskelion for the first time, seeing, you know, a fleet of helicarriers. That was cool. You know, there was some, you know, cool city shots and everything. Um, the art was well done. Yeah. You could say, is it a good thing to cast your comic and draw it that way? I don't know. I think that there are sometimes that it works. I never quite, like, I, I didn't like Janet look. Like, it looked like she was almost, like, have finished in part of it. I don't know. Maybe it's because everybody else like was very clearly like, you know, going for a specific person and she was just kind of vaguely Asian and not really like, I don't know. I, I, I didn't know. pick up that she was meant to be like half Asian or, or whatever. To me, she looked a lot like Jennifer Gardner for some reason. I could see that. No, I think they mentioned that like they, she mentions it when they're saying casting, like, Oh, of course you're going to make yeah. me Lucy Liu. Cause she's the only, yeah. So, so that's a bummer. Um, I this oh. this is a book we complain a lot about this, but this is a book that's heavily plagued by pop culture references, and it really states the book. No kidding, you can't do pop culture re- references. Like that's an immediate like off switch for me because the only time that the pop culture reference works is in the minute it takes from the kid to pull the comic off the shelf or spinner rack, pay for it and get to the door of the comic book store. And then the joke is old because it was, you know, written forever ago and it's always bad. I would disagree. I think pop culture references work not in a modern sense but i think anytime you're when you're purposely dating something i think that's when it works if you're doing it to be modern that's when it doesn't if you're name dropping the people who are 
famous at the moment um, in Mark Millar's uh, Civil War. Um, Johnny Storm shows up and talks about how he just left a party with Paris Hilton and Lindsay Lohan. And it was like, oh boy, Johnny Storm. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> like, <laughs> if only you can see the next couple of years. Hulk want Freddie Prince Jr. though. Hulk want Freddie Prince Jr. I looked at Pr Freddie Prince Jr. Th this was the peak because this was, this was uh, 2002 was uh, uh, Scooby-Doo. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> No, so this is like right. this is peak Freddie Prince Jr. and it only goes downhill from there. <laughs> oh, but John, he had a show called Freddie. It was only tw twenty two episodes. That was two thousand five. I don't want to hear it. Um, okay, but I, also, you know, also he was in Star Wars Rebels. Though. Okay, he that I have not seen, and people people seem to like that. So good for him. For maybe he's making a maybe he's having a reconnaissance. Or, he's not. No, a reconnaissance. <laughs> Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to point out it hasn't been all bad. He had one good series in there. Arguably both. Well, I don't know how you feel I just about I that. I uh I you know, I side with the Hulk. I hated the Hulk in this. Except oh, when he was mad at Freddie Prince Jr. because I saw Down to You in the theater and I'm still mad. That was a <laughs> that was a piece of crap movie. But I think Although I think you're you're exactly right though. Like the reason that the pop culture references are in this book is because this was the book that was meant to tell Marvel comic stories from the 2000s. Like it sets everything mm -hmm. in the 2000s. So it goes as hard as it can to try to make everything topical. And the problem mm -hmm. is like you cannot know in the moment what references are going to age well and what are going to age poorly. Cuz like yeah. if you are setting something in the 60s and like, like contemporaneously in the sixties, and you mentioned uh, the Beatles, you're fine. But I'm like, in this, it's like you can tell that they're casting about for things that they think are gonna be big. Like the Hulk or uh, Bruce Banner mentions that he hasn't seen Betty since they released all those special editions of the Star Wars movies. Cameron Diaz is waiting for a date with Tony Stark, and yeah. I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> like, and he's on a date in like in space with. Shannon Elizabeth. Oh who, gosh, and it was like who even they, knows they who that put is up anymore. Right. I know. It's like, oh yeah, I had to think about it. I was like, was she in like Seventh Heaven or was it Touched by an Eight? No. Oh, she was the American Pie. Okay, okay. Because they put her up in a full page. It was like it was like papal visit. The way that they just were like, look who's on the space station. Oh my goodness. Okay, I got to show you a thing crap. though. So Shannon Elizabeth has a page on the Ultimate Marvel Wiki. No. Yeah, I'm just going to send you a screen just... grab of this. It, it's, here's what it says. Biography. Anthony Stark took her into space for her birthday, and he conducted an interview with Larry King at the same time. Abilities and traits. There it is. Shannon is very beautiful. <sighs> That's it. <Gosh. laughs> oh, yeah, it's like you, you cannot do that unless you have a good sense of, like, what is actually going to have staying power, and this book clearly does not i feel like the only thing not only but i think like one of the few ref or maybe only reference that i like out of this book and it's not because i like the man even though everybody likes to paint him as like this dear old oh look how cute he is he likes to paint is george bush because this was right right on the heels or like right during the retaliation for 9-11 right so the only thing that i really like about this is one, we get the introduction, right? Which is kind of like a half page or like a half of a, like the bottom half of a page of him just being real excited and asking how like the, the new modern cap suit looks and, you know, whatever. The reason why that reference works for me as, as somebody who's 
kind of not a fan of George Bush is because at the end of the book, Thor refuses to go to the White House until they get a new uh-huh. president. And I love that. <laughs> That's like, we were kind of chatting beforehand that Thor, you know, is the only character who comes off looking good. And I think it's because Thor has like ideals. It's easy to say from, from, you know, the vantage point of 2022, oh, George <laughs> W. Bush was a bad president who did a bad job and got a lot of people <laughs> killed. But at the mm-hmm. moment, like I, this is around the time that I got into comics, right? And so I remember like hearing that Captain America said, do you think the A stands for France? And going, heck yeah, that's really oh, cool. Gosh. Um, but yeah, it's like reading this book, Captain America, like he's mean. He's a mean guy. He is kind to yeah. some people um, in some contexts, but he like kicks men when they're down. He uses a whole lot of, slurs when he is talking about people he mm-hmm. is he's just mean he's just a mean person and iron man is exactly like iron man ever is meaning the worst and <laughs> uh hank pym is so comically evil that it's like not even funny and thor is an idealist thor mm-hmm. has goals thor cares about other people and we're we're okay with all of this. Yeah. I think one of the things I I really don't like about Captain America here is because this is this very much okay, a lot of this book, a lot of this book very much is I don't want to say feels like this is a book written for 13 year olds. Uh, we're trying to introduce them to this world of characters from like the sixties who like at this point had only had maybe like an X-Men movie and the Spider-Man movies. And, like, those had been, like, maybe the only few, like, really good exposures to, to that from a mainstream audience. And we're trying to go, like, the guy with the, with the stripes and the, and, the, and, the, and the America flag? Yeah, he's cool. He, like, set, he, he punches people. He cusses. And he doesn't, you know, he also <laughs> makes fun of the French. Because we think that's cool still. <laughs> I, 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 that hit me really hard because, you know, 9-11, I was in high school and I was like, oh gosh, if I had read this at the time, I probably would have laughed at that France joke. And now it's like, ugh, it's, yeah. cringy. it's like, it's cringy. It's like a dog came in and crapped on my sofa. That's what it feels like right now. I was just looking at like a presidential approval ratings, right? I was looking, I was like, what, what was the era like? It, it. Bush's approval rating right after 9-11 was 92%. Yep. That's unheard of. That's, that, like, uh, let's see, yeah, Kennedy got up to 83. I'm just looking at, like, the you know, the, the 20th century, like, the last half of the 20th century. Like, that's the highest approval rating, you know, and, like, you could probably, like, compare, like, oh, well, you know, that was uh, an ABC News poll and Gallup had a different, you know, okay, fine, 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 fine. But, like, at that moment... You know, Captain America being a jerk and punching whoever he wanted, you know, it was probably, like, cathartic. It was, like, we'd been attacked and everyone was just like, ah, no one does this to America. And and it comes across in this comic and it's awful. And I, I, I'm really sad that, like, I think about that. I'm like, oh, man, I would have been like, yeah, America, look at us go. And these guys are awesome. And... You know, oh, Shannon Elizabeth in space. Like, I, I'm worried that like, I would have liked it at the time, and it's so cringy now. I'll own it. I liked this when it first came out. Same. Same. I I read this, maybe not right at the time. I think I, I was still probably, I was like, what, 12? 
<laughs> but I, I definitely read this later. I think this was probably one of my earlier introductions to kind of a world outside of Spider-Man. Uh-huh. <laughs> so... So for me, I remember really liking it. I remember thinking that like this version of Thor was, I mean, I, I, and even rereading it, I still think this version of Thor is actually really cool. I, I, I really yeah, I actually think Thor holds up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember thinking that the whole, is he a God? Is he not thing was played a little bit more vaguely by the end of the book. It's really not as vague as, as I remember it. It's, it's pretty definitive that he is at least magic in some sense. He right. summons a lot of lightning. Like yeah, exactly. he makes a bomb disappear. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, it's yeah. Yeah. But, but like Tony Stark was one of those, I didn't remember uh, granted as I've been reading a lot more Tony Stark, I'm more surprised at how much, how much a big old D hole he is. Yeah. What's the green goo that's in his suit when he comes out of his suit? So some kind of coolant. You'll have to ask Orson Scott card. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Orson Scott card created Ultimate Iron Man. He wrote the first Iron Man, Ultimate Iron Man story. And it is like some sort of coolant or like neurogel or something. Like, okay, hold on. This version of Tony Stark, I think, got... Oh, oh this version gosh. of Tony Stark, if I remember correctly, got experimented on by his father, and so his entire body is actually his brain. And so I think the gel is some way of, uh. like, connecting his body, which is his brain, to the suit so he can operate it. Okay, but also... But also, uh. I remember at some point after that, they retconned it to where the Orson Scott card-written Ultimate Iron Man wasn't the real origin story. It was actually a movie made in the Ultimate Universe. Oh, seriously? Uh. Yeah, I'm dead wow. serious. I'm serious. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. This is when, I guess this is when he was writing a lot of the sequels to um, the, like, Ender's Shadow and all of those sequels oh. were coming out about this time. Oh, man. So. He made one good Ender's book. That was the first one. Ender's Game is good. I will, I will allow some people really enjoyed Speak for the Dead. That's it. I really like that. I liked it at first. I liked the Shadow series. I, I did. I like like the last couple in the Ender and Exile and Sh- uh, Children of the Giant or something like the newest ones I don't like, but... Oh, wait a yeah. minute. Shadow, Shadows were the one that was... Uh, what's his name? Bean, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, never mind. Those, those were okay. Those were okay. One of the I very like first... The only thing that I remember from Shadow, uh, the first one, is like page one, there are adolescent prostitutes and i'm like done this book is stupid <laughs> it's it's showing yeah the rough upbringing of being on the streets of rotterdam which in the future is all like run down and um, get it that sure was a choice glad he made it so i don't have to um <laughs> anyways this isn't the ender cast no thank goodness <laughs> this book is atrocious have yeah. we talked about the creative team yet? I, I mentioned it was Mark Millar and Brian Hitch. Okay, that's right. I wanted to give them some credit because there are some things that they kept around for 10 years that I still think work. The um, containment they have for the Hulk is exactly the same. They kept it exactly the same and made it in the movie. They made it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Triskelion is the same. A lot of the um, look of the characters as far as their costumes and that kind of thing is still the same. So I think some things work. Um, like Thor's look is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he cut his hammer is not Mjolnir. It, lo- it looks like Stormbreaker right. um, that he has in here. And I forget if it actually is. No, he talks about it as Mjolnir. It just looks different. Yeah. Um, 
but Cap's, you know, Cap's suit is, like, what he he's in in the movies. Um, I like the Triskelion. I think it was cool. I think there were some cool shots where they show kind of how, how enormous it is and how, you know, full of aliens it is. Um, you know, the Chitauri, which they use as the bad guys in um, the first Avengers movie, which is a shame because, I, I mean, it works for the Avengers movie because it was just like a, you know, uh, kill the mothership and kill all the aliens. Uh, you know, then you don't waste like the scrolls or something, you know, more interesting. I kind of was mad that they use the Chitauri without, without doing like a, a take on a classic villain. You know, they hint, they talk about Magneto, they hint at a future, um, Ultron, but they don't, they just do this new, this new version of the scrolls or else their own, you know, villains, the Chitauri, you know, um, they, they could have done, I don't know, an interesting take on a classic villain, even if it was just a little one. It, there is some connection to like the first, the reason the Avengers got together, I think was to fight the Hulk and then the Hulk joins them. Is that right? I think Loki tricks the Hulk into going on a rampage. Uh, yes, that is. Yeah, that is what happened. So we, you know, we get that where the Hulk uh, is, you know, feeling like a loser and has to, you know, dope himself up, I guess. Um, cause Hank Pym sucks. Like, and they, they, you know, kind of play the hits and we get that moment. <laughs> sorry. I shouldn't, I shouldn't laugh at that. I'm, I'm really sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but Hank Pym, you know, is, uh, abusive and we see that and we, I don't know if it was, um, like, I don't know if, if, uh, Janet fought back in the original time when, you know, um, Hank hit her, but uh, this oh, time but it, was it was like the '60s, so the writers probably probably didn't not too much. <laughs> like, yeah. um, I also was not comfortable with Janet flashing the Hulk or anything the Hulk said or what Cap said to the Hulk to get him enraged. All of that was uh, very uncomfortable. I remember and- <laughs> when we were talking prior to this, like earlier today, and I I feel like at some point there was a conversation between Mark Millar and Brian Hitch, and it was just like, listen, you want. You want naked Janet. You're gonna have to get naked Hank. Like there's there's no way out of this deal. Either either oh, nobody's clothes comes off or everybody's clothes comes off. And guess what? Everybody's clothes comes off. Yeah. It's like we need Hulk butt. We need green goop Iron Man. Alright, alright. Also, I think I haven't reread Ultimate Iron Man in at least a decade, probably at this point. But I feel like a big part of that was also they were trying to tie him into kind of the anime boom that was happening around the the early 2000s. Because his design feels a little bit more like Gundam-ish. It doesn't feel like as sleek as like some of the other stuff that was maybe happening around the time or that stuff that would come later. So like, I think that's probably where that green goop comes from is kind of, that's kind of a, a, an anime thing as well. It's Gundam goop. No, it's specifically like Ava and I think a couple other series, but yeah. Part of it makes sense. Like, okay, you need to keep yourself cool in this Iron Man suit. And part of it's like, Hey, that's gross. Don't do it. <laughs> um, I don't know why Betty Ross was a jerk. I hated her PR. I hated it. I was like, she's just mean on purpose. And she's like, you better, if you want me, like, if you want to stay married, you better, like, you know, get your, like, poll ratings up or your whatever it was that she said to Bruce. And it was like, this is, this sucks. She was. This is just. She was, okay, pardon me. She was angry and horny the whole time. And the thing I hated the most was at the end of the book where she's telling Bruce Banner that she really liked how he was, uh, when he was beating up the, the Nazi Chitauri alien guy, that she really liked oh. how, how like, he, I guess, beat, bit into him as the Hulk. And he, and you know, we have Bruce Banner complaining that, like, you know, I can still taste his blood in the back of my throat. Like, that's actually really traumatizing. Ugh. And she's like... 
keep that up though and we might get some conjugal visits and it's like really really like that's what gets Ugh. you going Ugh. this is like the the quintessential example of you know someone going for maturity but still targeting a 13 year old yeah mm-hmm. on demographic yeah. Mm-hmm. and it's like what you wind up with is something that is mean-spirited hateful profoundly homophobic in oh, ways like that... the elton john joke the elton john Ugh. joke i oh my gosh that's awful like eminem did his duet with elton john by this point like we were i'm not saying that fixed homophobia but it's like <laughs> steven's like we came together as a people they were on stage together they sang stand <laughs> i'm just like we do oh, gosh like, we knew we had a sense that this was not okay at the time mm-hmm. and yet um i'm trying to decide what is the worst line in this book is it the a do you think this a stands for france is it hulk straight is it <laughs> hulk, oh. not, hulk not sissy hulk straight <laughs> it might be hulk touch naked guy like naked guy was touching betty it's like oh oh uh, that one was also bad yeah oh good we've got a we've got a rape threat or do we oh yeah that's probably the worst one i also hated Nick Fury calling back, listen, I got to tell you, that doesn't stand for France line was the funniest thing you heard in ages, man. When'd you get that? I was telling Hawkeye earlier and he's just cracking up. It's like they're calling back to their own garbage joke. That's so stupid. That's so bad. bad. I mean, everything the Hulk said was worse. Like the implied threatening of rape was really bad. Um, All of that. Were they trying to go for like Blazing Saddles, Mongo, and it's like, oh, Sheriff, I think Mongo's taking a liking to you, and Mongo just like, oh no, Mongo's straight, like, not judging, but like, no thanks, fellas, that was kind of the air. Here it's like, gah, yuck, I will kill you, or I will do worse things to you, because I'm straight, Urgh. like, that's the whole, the whole tone of this book is just like, oh, just this misogyny, and the homophobia, and the xenophobia, and just, it's all garbage, and I'm, I'm oh, it's... And, and we're going to look back on now in 20 years and be like, look at us thinking we knew stuff. Yeah, Ugh. right. You know what? Coming Reading this book, I came to the conclusion that attributing the evils of the Nazi regime to supernatural or extraterrestrial causes Ugh. feels disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And like, I... I, I <sighs> I'm trying to figure out how to reconcile this with my love for Hellboy, where the villains are evil magic Nazis, um, and they get the crap kicked out of them, and it's great. Uh, But, like, this book directly says that the Chitauri were responsible for National Socialism and the rise of Adolf Hitler. I don't know. There's this weird sort of like, people can't be that evil, so they have to be aliens. And that's weird coming out of the Bush era. That's weird in a story where a man beats his wife and then isn't content to let her run away, but traps her under a dresser and like sicks a bunch of poisonous ants on her, which that's possibly the most horrifying thing I've seen in any comic. Like, I'm not kidding. I had probably a more visceral reaction to that than I did to the the scene from the the Spider-Man story that's currently at the bottom of our list. Yeah. Like, I... Uh, it was awful. And, oh, this also... Did anybody else notice that in issue three, um, when there's, there's a scene where Tony Stark is talking to Bruce Banner and then a reporter comes up and talks to Tony Stark and behind this lady reporter is a... A uh, tall man, 
broad-shouldered but kind of slouched wearing glasses with slick back hair and then behind him is a little <laughs> red-headed freckled kid with a can <laughs> this is the worst superman story <laughs> which is saying something because uh, <laughs> that's lois boy and superman's been around oh and they show up in the panel right after tony stark makes a fat joke about oprah which also sucks. <laughs> it's so bad. I, I also forgot that there's a there's a kind of throwaway line where Black Widow is thanking Tony Stark for the sex before the before the the big attack thing because it really helped her calm her nerves. Oh, and I kept expecting yeah, that to be a joke. That. Like she was making fun of him, and he's like, "Oh, what?" And like making him uncomfortable. But no, it's played straight. And <laughs> I, 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 I it. And I think it's meant to be like a throwaway line because like it does not, not a whole lot happens because of that. Like you didn't need to have that in there. It added nothing to the moment. It wasn't a joke. It wasn't levity. It was, it wasn't even like a sincere thing. It wasn't it's like a Tony. Really building helping. moment. Yeah, it was. And we it was already like, know Tony uh, Stark is a womanizer. This tells us nothing about Black Widow other than she's a manonizer. I, th- I think the only thing this sets up and it's totally by accident i feel like but in one of the later books there is a sex tape uh released of iron man and black widow and I, oh my I gosh that's this. the plot of ultimates too yeah hey for real guys hey <laughs> l- i know that we do this thing where we we oh john really hates uh marvel zombies let's do marvel zombies every halloween i've made my peace it's a thing that's happening okay fine <laughs> let's never read ultimates again Oh, okay. but it's, it's ours only three, John. Which one is the one where we find out that Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are actually in an incestuous relationship? Uh, I think some of the panels in this book, my friend, did <laughs> you see the, the way they're holding on to each the, other? They <laughs> might as well have been on the cover of a teen romance novel. I think that was like, oh, I know what they did last summer, and it's gross. <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr., piece of crap book, I garbage, that, awful. I think there is one moment in here that I actually really do like. Uh, like it's that's a Tony Stark moment, which is kind of like a bigger moment. It's, it's one of the few moments he really gets to be not a piece of dirt, which is when the big uh, bomb is gonna, or I think one of the ships is is going down. One of the alien spacecrafts is going down. So he you know flies up to the front of it and uses all of his power, like like literal actual like electrical power, <laughs> to redirect it away from like civilians in the city, right? And so he does that. And he's totally out of juice. And he's just kind of on the ground. And then a couple of soldiers come over to help him out. And he's like, I'm done. He's like, I, I'm tapped out. I'm scared. I'm, I'm done. He's like, I can't. I can't do this. You know, there's a thunder god over there. Let him handle it. That type of thing, right? And they're telling him, they're like, no, we need you. Like, if you, like, we can't do this. Like, we need you. And he looks around at the people that he's you know, safe or that, you know, are just kind of in the area and are looking at him and he's like, okay, I think that's, that's an otherwise really good character moment that does not get expanded upon at all in the rest of this book. And then immediately after that, Tony Stark gives the thumbs up to this kid who is standing nearby, like the soldiers are there and the civilians are there and this Mm -hmm. kid gives him thumbs up. Stark gives the kid the thumbs up back, flies away, and then the soldiers are complete jerks and they shove the kid over for no reason. Yeah. What is that about? This book makes me so mad. What is that about? (laughs) I don't mean to like rain on all those parade because he's right. That's a good moment. That is a great, that's what I want to see from superhero stories. Like you set up all of that. And we get it better in Spider-Man. Yeah, you get it better. It is the Spider-Man moment though. It could have been great. And then it's like, the soldiers are jerks. And it's like, 
oh, is that some sort of subtle commentary that, you know, the, the military industrial complex during the Bush era was actually bad for the civilians that it was trying to protect? No, it's just people being mean because nobody in the Ultimates universe is a good person. Except for Miles okay. Morales and his hamburger pants. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the only, yeah, that is the only thing. And I'm glad that he's now in the regular universe and it's like, well, everything else sucked. Bye. I guess, no, because they, they made the son of Nick Fury look like the Nick Fury in this because they were like, everyone likes Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. I don't have a problem with that, but it was just like, rather than bring over that Nick Fury for some reason, they just made like a, a secret son of the Nick Fury from the regular timeline. It's a mess. Um, not as big a mess as this whole book. Yeah, I don't like how Tony Stark is just kind of like, oh, he's this eccentric billionaire, and he's like, I got so much money, and I'm doing all these things, and I'm out on dates with people, and it's just kind of, I, oh, yeah. I don't know. There's so much <sighs> mention of, like, we get it, you're rich, and I hate the part where they're like, listen, Nick Fury, every 10 minutes you keep me here, you know, Stark Industries loses $100,000 or something like that. Yeah. Like, it's just really kind of dumb, just a lot of like, haha, I'm so rich, and I'm worth so much money, and it's just like, yeah, we get it. We we got it after the first issue. I will say, I didn't, I don't think I hated the sequence where uh, Stark and Thor and Steve kind of have dinner together. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Like, that was kind of okay. It's <laughs> Finding out that uh, Tony Stark has a terminal illness and this is his way of trying to do good in the world, I'm like, that's pretty decent. I, I, I kind of get that. But then, you know, the one moment when Thor is really unlikable uh, is when he talks about how everybody is getting hypnotized by reality TV and their PlayStation 2s. It's like, you're such a boomer. <laughs> I mean, quite literally, he brings the boom. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, talking about Thor, kind of <laughs> Thor moments again. He, even, I mean, even in the movies, right? He's the powerhouse, and that is what he does. And I absolutely love the moment when they're up in the sky and they're fighting the, the alien crafts. The Shitari, you know, big eggs. Look, I didn't even describe the big alien spaceships. It just looked like big flattened eggs. Um, <laughs> they look dumb. <laughs> they're like so dumb. <laughs> but, Can we do Independence Day? Uh, just change it up a little bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so like he's up there and it's him and Tony Stark because they're the only people who can fly, right? And he's just doing all this lightning and it's just like destroying the ships and like, br like breaking them in half. And like that was like a really cool moment. I think I even like lingered on on those pages a little bit and I was just like, boy, that looks really freaking cool. I think, you know, when the visuals work really well, they mm -hmm. they really work and they've you know stuck around for years and this yeah. is kind of you know some of the visuals that we've you know seen in other media so if it was good enough for that i don't know i don't know i i just wish that oh i wish that nobody sucked as bad as they suck in this book but they all suck you remember how all of the issues had individual titles <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah and the title of issue 12 is persons of mass destruction <sighs> interesting thing i Hamilton could not have come out at any point in American history other than during the heady days of the Obama administration. Like, rightfully or not, there was a great sense of optimism having a black man in the White House. And Hamilton is so much a product of that time. It could not have come out at any other point in history. This book is such a product of the post-9-11 <laughs> Bush administration in every single way. 
And forever, I don't want to say that it's tainted by it, but like for better or worse, this is what America was like in a weird way. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's too grandiose a statement. I don't know. This book sucks, is the point. (laughs) (laughs) Much like the post 9-11 Bush administration. (laughs) No, but but I I do think you're right, though. Like this really is like very much a, a 2000s book. Or not, not even that. I feel like that's too vague. This is a post-9-11 book. This is a response to 9-11 book. This is when we didn't we didn't need ideals. We needed people who were willing to punch stuff and do the thing that needed to be done. Or at least that's how we felt. So having a Captain America that was an idealist wasn't what we thought we wanted. We needed a Captain America who made, who made fun of France, who punched the people who deserved it, and like he, you know... It was violent because that's what we needed because that's what stopped the bad guys except it didn't there's this there's this line in the book i think it's in the final issue uh where tony stark is talking to someone and he's like i was in kosovo and afghanistan when they both got liberated and i'm like liberated is not the right word to describe what happened there. But it's also, I'm I'm sorry, we do not have to linger on this for too much longer, but going back to that freaking, you know, does the A stand for France? (laughs) We keep going back to that. Winter Soldier. uh, Like Ed Brubaker, in the Winter Soldier, there's a sequence where Captain America is in France and he's talking to someone, I think it's Sharon Carter, I don't quite remember, and he talks about how he is so disappointed in his fellow Americans for making fun of the French all the time because he was in France during World War II and he saw how brave they were, how how powerful their resistance was. And he, he just talked about the honor and the courage of the French people. And there's no way to read that except as like a direct repudiation of Ultimate Captain America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would concur. Uh, and like, it's funny, Mark Ballard is like tapped into this. I don't know when he came to the States uh, because he's Scottish, he's British, he's he was born in Scotland. And like, I like some of his stuff. I didn't mind Civil War. I know, Stephen, it's like you're, you're friggin' white whale. You hate it so much. <laughs> I feel like I feel like if Steven ever became like an editor in chief at Marvel, he would not not erase Civil War, but he would be, he'd put it in the desert with all those uh, Nintendo cartridges of the ET game. He would he would he would rewrite the story, but in a way he thinks is better. Scarlet Witch would show up and say no more event comics. That's what would happen if I was. <laughs> After this podcast, I'm never working for Marvel. Are you kidding me? (laughs) I mean, before this podcast, I was never working for Marvel. But anyway... Hey, let's let's credit where credit is due because uh, Mark Miller wrote Superman Red Sun, which I enjoyed. Oh, and Old I'm Man a, Logan. <laughs> I'm afraid um, to be this and that. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I'm kind of worried now because you know some of his influences he talks about, and I'm like, oh, I don't. Th- I think you took the bad stuff and like. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so I really like a lot of the costumes in here. I'm not a big fan of Hawkeye's costume, Bobby. I'll be frank on that one, but then again, his like bad haircut and earrings don't look good. It's yeah. One of one of my complaints about Tony Stark, and I don't know why there's a complaint. I don't like, I don't like how much he's balding. He has a he has a five head. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I don't know I don't know if it's because of the tumor, but I it's I, not a it's, it's not, not a tumor. Thank you. <laughs> but it's a five head. <laughs> 
I kind of would have thought they would have chosen somebody with a better hairline for Tony Stark. Come with me if you want to be misogynist. <laughs> I also, I'm not a big fan of like, oh, like okay, I'm just going to go off of like a lot of my little character complaints. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. I have a lot of this. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of the Hulk's tiny tuft of hair when he becomes the Hulk. Though I am a though I am a fan of the of it kind of being ambiguous of how gray or green he is. Uh, I I don't know why that's a little detail like I've liked for some reason. I don't like that Natasha keeps saying comrade because that's the most stereotypical Russian thing you can do to point to somebody being and Russian. They don't say that. <laughs> they don't like. I know. I, yeah. <laughs> I, it's like I li- also I lived in Canada for a year. I heard someone say, "Hey, one time, strange brew lied to me." I feel very <laughs> upset. Same thing. You can't just like slap on a nation's uh, or a people's moniker, like you, like whatever their thing is for every. That moniker is not the right word. Yeah, they don't say comrade, and it's just like you really, you really like you know hurt your back doing that one, didn't you? I also really like the little moment where Hawkeye calls his girlfriend and kids uh, before every mission to say goodbye, just in case it is the final one. Yeah. Yeah. There's some really good moments hidden in a lot of, a lot of, just a ton of crap. (laughs) (laughs) There are some really good moments. Do they get underplayed, like, almost immediately after? Yes. But (laughs) they're still there. Like, that was kind of a, uh, like a, like a neat moment. I also really like that Thor won't join the ultimates until they double like relief money for some country yeah international aid for international mm-hmm. aid right and then and then the next fight he shows up and nick fury is like why 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 is he showing up and then like we got a report from the white house we doubled the, the international aid fund <laughs> that's also like a really good i i just really like that thor is he has a thing he set out he's trying to actively he's actively trying to make the world better He's helping out where he's needed, and I love the fact that he leverages that to uh, like against the the U.S. government, right? Like he's like he's like I'll help, but you have to do this, and I'm a free agent. I will help out only because I'm friends with Tony Stark, because that man knows how to party. Like I like <laughs> that. The harder you try to ground superheroes in realism, the the more cynical your book tends to become. I feel like. Mm-hmm. And one of the nice things about this version of Thor is that this is the way that I think we would want superheroes. I don't know, maybe that's putting it too strongly. But I think this is a way that you can kind of translate that sort of gritty realism into an ideal where Thor, like the superhero is using their influence to try to make structural, systemic change happen. They're not just there to beat up the bad guys. Because... That works in, you know, the really bright, colorful, not realistic superhero stories. But here, you know, this is a real story where we've got, you know, AIDS and famine and Freddie Prince Jr. You have to have, (laughs) you have to have problems. And here you've got a Thor who's like, okay, there are problems. I can fix some of these problems, but I also have a lot of power that I can use to negotiate and get change to happen elsewhere. Like, Mm -hmm. that's idealism of a sort. And it's still cynical, and it's still not my preferred way of dealing with superheroes, but it does make Thor the most likable character in this book. Yeah. There's a right way to do, make it real and gritty. It's Spider-Man's, you know, his rent's late. Um, (laughs) Kamala Kamala Khan has to get back to bed before her parents find out that she snuck out, and she's going to be late to her, um, you know, 
I don't. She's gonna be late to the mosque. I don't. I don't know what the what the <laughs> worship service is, but like there is like one where it's like, uh oh, you know, she's gotta she's gotta get back in time. Um, you know, uh, stuff like that grounded reality. Sure, give them you know real problems, but don't make it like if there was a person who could lift this much, then surely the world would ask this of them, and they would be on TV, and they would be friends and with uh, these these celebrities and this kind of. No, we don't want that. We want you know I don't know real life without reality. I don't know. Yeah. Should we, let's rank this. I think it's time. I think it's time. I think it's time. We currently have on our list 187 stories wow the bottom five are sins past that's number five by j michael straczynski and mike deodato number four from the bottom is eminem punisher by fred van lenti and salvador <laughs> la roca which i still think that's too low number three is one more day uh, by, sorry, J. Michael Straczynski and Joe Quesada. Number two is the Draco X-Men story by Chuck Austin and Philip Tan and Sean Phillips. And the lowest comic currently on our list is The Evil That Men Do by Kevin Smith and Terry Dodson. Aldo, tell me why this shouldn't be the new bottom of the list. Um, because it's still better than Longshot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh oh my god that was the best build up to the best joke I think you've done in a year oh my gosh <laughs> On a completely unrelated topic, what's your address and how can I find you? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, so part part of why I don't think it should go near nearly that low. I mean, I still think it goes low. I think part of me, like, part of me for the spectacle and the art doesn't think it should go that low, even though a lot of the, a lot of the writing does bring this book down so much. I think, at least for me, is that it doesn't actively destroy any character to an unredeemable point. Well, except Hank Pym, but he's always been there. Except Hank Pym. <laughs> he's always been there. But is that a cheat because it's a different universe, so they were, <laughs> they were free to do whatever they wanted and, you know, be reactionary without... You know, a broader sense of, hey, maybe we're maybe we're uh, you know going a bit too far with our nationalism right now in this moment. Yeah. I I would uh, like to think that this goes maybe maybe around civil war, which isn't that much higher, but like I don't know. Where is the line between bad and offensive? <laughs> I think it's somewhere around Marvel Zombies. It's I would say that the line is one eighty two, which is Ultimate Wolverine versus Hulk. Yeah, that's definitely offensive. Yeah, that actively ruins <laughs> the Hulk. And yeah, see, and, and and see, for me, the thing is, I'm looking at some of these other books, right? Which which we have agreed upon are a certain level of bad. And I think I would still prefer to read this as the sole defender of this book. I think I would prefer to read this over Galacta. That's the thing is, I want it to be really, really low. But I, yeah, I really didn't like Galacta. <laughs> like Galacta's just, ah, oh, dang it. I think I, that's the ceiling. I honestly, I think so. Like I like below Moon Knight, Silent Night, and like above Galacta. Like that's where I'm leaning. But that's mostly because 
I'm really fond of a lot of the art, a lot of the stuff, and I don't think it actively ruins any character to like mm. to such a degree that we see in some of the other books. Like X Men Noir is pretty like that's that's a racism. Is that why Marvel Comics number one is also very low at one seventy two? I think we put Marvel <laughs> Comics number one so low because it's inessential, which is weird for Marvel Comics number one. Like you do yeah. not have to read it. And there's, like, and there's, you know, all of the, the aspects of it being a product of its time and all of that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I would argue, uh, maybe this isn't the strongest argument, but I would actually argue that the fact that this doesn't ruin any characters almost makes it worse because it came out at a time where we all broadly said, this is fine. And now, again, with the benefit of hindsight, we realize it was not fine. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, you don't want to bury history so you don't learn from it. But at the same time, this is not the text that you want to use to understand comics at this time. This is a bad text. I would disagree, though. I feel like this is such a specific vibe of 2002. Like, this is this is as, as representative of, like, 2002 as, like, Spider-Man is of 2002. In that, like, Spider-Man the movie... Because that one really did like showcase like uh, like you know an optimism post nine eleven right mm-hmm. that we needed and this really captures a lot of that like what we thought was heroic in you know immediate post nine that meanness that came along with the optimism that too that too mm-hmm. you know what though I think you can get the same thing from Toby Keith's brought to you courtesy of the red white and blue <laughs> and have it over with in oh three minutes oh my gosh and just be done this book took like an like took two hours to read and i was mad the whole time <laughs> i i realized like when after i'd after 9 11 people you know bullies in my high school were running around saying like oh we're gonna go bomb and then they just name off middle eastern countries at random they didn't know anything i'm looking at uh this list hey you remember how the villain in this talks about how much he was looking forward to learning about the female form when he was gonna like oh assimilate wasp or whatever uh, he was an eater yeah oh and you remember how the hulk actually ate the bad guy and then somebody had to collect all the hulk's poop because <laughs> okay, he was pooping but... the bad guy out <laughs> yeah was... that was the same same scene as uh as the hey remember that time you ragged on the french <laughs> wasn't that okay. great I, I, i'm sorry maybe it's because sometimes i'm still 13 but i thought the whole <laughs> poop thing was still pretty funny like uh... I hated I thought, it. That I was one of the that was I didn't like it, but it was one of the lesser like of the offensive things in the book. It was one of the ones I'm, that wasn't so bad. I'm sorry. I just love the fact that Captain America is like, "You're kidding, right?" And the guy's like, "Would I have this face if I was kidding?" And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> "Yeah, see, see." Gotta chuck it no, I like that you're tickled by it. Oh. That makes me laugh. <laughs> I, listen, I'm happy I, that you're happy. Like, oh, that's how it feels like to have I that just, on me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So that's what that's like. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> John, I think you might be the I, tiebreaker here. Oh, gosh. Okay, I so want what's this your at the very num- bottom of the list. I genuinely think <sighs> this is the worst book we've read. I don't think so. That's okay. We haven't had a dispute like this in a while. We've actually been on the same oh, page. Oh, gosh. I'm never the decider. I don't like this. Haldo, what's your ceiling, Galacta? Or, or, or can we convince you to go lower? Uh, I mean, that's my ceiling. I can't go higher than that. So <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, what's your floor? I meant to say, man. Uh, what's my floor? Hon- okay, honestly, mm-hmm. my my floor on this is probably going to be Anthem Blue Cross Presents City Under Siege. 
<laughs> that is such a waste of paper. I'm sorry to everybody that worked on that. I'm sorry, Crystal Cage and Ty Templeton. That was such a waste of your They're talents. They're talented. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's such a waste of their talents. That's the thing is like everyone on the list, there's something that they do really well. And also they got books published. So, oh, yeah, yeah. you know. Yep. There's always that. I, <sighs> this book, although this book's really bad, like visually there's some good stuff in it and there's some good little moments but I don't think that we needed all the bad to get to those moments at all. I think there was a better way to do it. And, and like these other stories, I'm looking at them, they're all bad too. But like the dips and the, the lows of this one are lower than the lows of the other ones that are down here on this list. Right. I, I will say this is not worse than Ultimate Wolverine versus Hulk. And there's no way that this is worse than the Draco, which is active character assassination for one of the nicest and most like sweetest and endearing characters in the Marvel Universe. Except here's the thing that I would push back <laughs> against that with, is that nobody acknowledges that the Draco happened. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. Ultimates universe continued for 15 years after this, give or take. And it was poisoned from the beginning. Yeah, but also all the characters that are in the Draco continued for 20 years after. And none of them ever spoke of the Draco again. You can call it active character assassination, but no character was actually permanently ruined by the Draco because everybody collectively just looked at that and said, pass. Yeah, and we're actively doing that with with this. Listen, I'm gonna... This book got three sequels! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. My, my absolute lowest, absolute lowest, and this is the lowest I'm gonna go, is above one more day. I mean, I would rather read Eminem Punisher than this. <laughs> <laughs> I I st I gotta I gotta put it at the bottom. I'm sorry, Aldo. Uh, right. I I agree with Steven. This is this is. Yeah. I I think you two are both overreacting, but that's fine. I would never recommend this book to anyone ever. I still would, unfortunately. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> one more day. One more day is like. Can you believe? Check this out. Can you believe this? This one is like. Uh, no, we don't talk about Bruno. I. I honestly, honestly, like Ultimate Wolverine, would never suggest that to a person. Since past, obviously. Eminem versus Punisher, I wouldn't even mention that. Ultimates, I would still, I would still, <laughs> I would still bring that up. <laughs> In what context? Like, the whole thing? This whole story that we read? Like, like legitimately, as, as, uh, like, as, as an artifact of, like, this is what drew a lot of, or created a lot of the inspiration for, for for the for the Avengers, honestly, that's mostly it, and it's and it's also mostly yeah. a study in like how we can actually improve upon the text. Which, granted, mm -hmm. a lot of the Marvel movies do that, which isn't like a super niche thing because a lot of them do improve on the text. But uh, I hate to say it, I actually like that argument. <laughs> <laughs> that only that doesn't excuse that doesn't excuse the bad the the bad part of the writing though. Like visuals, yeah, sure. This was, you know, competently made and like there's some really cool stuff in there. I love the Triskelion. Um no. No, this this I, is still I just I just don't think the writing 100% pushes down the art. Mm. All right, here's I'm I'm going to say something, John. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think we need to put Oh, this, this I, feels real for Oh, <laughs> let me slip these pants on. Mm. I do not think that we can put anything at the very bottom of the list that all three of us don't agree on being the worst. <sighs> I'm just going to sit in this familiar, comfortable space and realize I belong here. I belong here. I dug this pit with my own hands. I, I think I think below Eminem Punisher, we have all agreed that those have been the worst books. 
And really, the only argument in those was like, how much worse is this than the others? Okay, so if we're just going right down this, you know, Scrooge on trail, um, one more day. Put it below, below one more day is what I would say. Below? Yeah. The new number 186 between one more day and the Draco. That is my vote, and do with it what you will. Let's do it. Um, I think that's a reasonable compromise. Nobody's happy, which is appropriate considering what we just read. <laughs> I would personally put it above one more day just because at that point, like, we all agree One More Day that Draco and Evil That Men Do are actively the worst books. I would read One More Day before this. Absolutely would. Absolutely would. If nothing else, there is some decent Mephisto stuff in One More Day that I think I can genuinely point to and say, no, this is good writing for a character who is the devil in a superhero universe. I, uh, in my mind, just replaced Mephisto with the robot devil from Futurama, and that's delightful. <laughs> I think... <laughs> But when you have to actively replace a character with another one that doesn't, that's not a good sign. Oh, no, no, it's not at all. But also, um, you all, you know, screwed me again, as per usual. So, <laughs> the bads in this really are dragging it down, good art aside, and visuals and, and what it did for, you know, future adaptations. Ugh. I'm not saying it's not... I'm not saying it's not totally accurate for the time, and uh, I just like get a little uh, like you know like that like oh did someone step on your grave that kind of feeling of oh no uh, the the me that was wanting to get into comics would have been like yeah Captain America take that France have you ever been to France seventeen year old me no you haven't guess what it's great shut up. <laughs> uh. I think we need a break after this. We need <laughs> we need something a little bit lighter. So for our next episode, we've got a couple of pretty light stories to read. Captain Marvel 2014 to 2015. There's a 15 issue run of the Captain Marvel title. We are reading seven uh, issue 7 and issue 8 from September 10th, 2014 and October 8th, 2014. Captain Mar Captain Marvel gets a cat. Two issue story about Captain Marvel getting a cat. We're going to follow that up with a three-issue story from the 2014 series of Ms. Marvel, which is the first volume of Kamala Khan, where she gets a boyfriend. It's issues 13, 14, and 15. Hopefully there's nothing morally objectionable of the scale of what we just read there, because I don't think our friendship could survive another argument like the one we just had. Watch Kamala, Kamala Khan dates a proud boy and read. Oh no! <laughs> no! <laughs> no. <laughs>